Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Junk Baller Podcast. My name is Michael Greenwood, and I'm here with my good friend, Kevin Otterbein. Kevin, how you doing? Seamless. Seamless. We did a little of a, uh, a background right there, background footage. We're, we're trying to keep you guys updated on some stuff, you know, give you some new angles to the podcast. You know, we're going to try to update the podcast on Instagram and everything, but, you know, everything's trial and error here. Yeah. But Well, it's a good thing that we prayed before this as I watched Stan pop out for the final out. Oh, the Yankees uh, lost I, again? I, I, I Big think surprise. They need, prayer. They, they, need, they need prayer. Uh, <laughs> two hits today. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Yankees are not doing well, sir. They are not. No, it's it's sad. Well, what? it's sad for me. Yeah, they're, no. They, the series is evened up 1-1, and they're probably not going to win the rubber match. Do you know that they haven't won a rubber match since late June? Did you know that I don't care? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell it anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, they have been struggling mightily, sir. Yeah, but the Phillies are... Doing all right. They're doing all right. Top wild card team right now. Doing all right. I'm okay with it. You yeah. know, they are they lost two or three to Nationals, which was really annoying. But then they won two or three against the Giants and almost won, almost swept. But, um, you know, they're doing well. I'm enjoying them. Uh, it's a shame that Otani is not going to be able to pitch on Tuesday when they face him because uh, I kind of wanted everyone to see Otani pitch. And I almost was like, you know what? I'll go to that game and I'll pay a little yeah. bit extra to see Otani. But – it's not going to happen. And that's honestly the biggest news in MLB right now is, is Indeed. that. Because some ramifications, depending on what they do with it. Yeah. Taylor texted me. He's like, yeah, looks like we can get him at a discount now. And I'm like, ah, yeah, that's good. It's a good point. Uh, well, uh, we'll see. I think that definitely took a hit. It, it Yeah. It had to. I mean, it, it, he's not going to pitch till 2025, yeah. even though they are getting a second opinion, which I think is the dumbest thing ever does anything other than tommy john work for ucl tear i've seen the prp injections it never works it always yeah. comes back i mean the, the tommy john at least the recovery and before you tear it again is more there's a longer period where you're healthy yeah. but you know it's it's just, it's so sad and then felix batista the baltimore orioles closer he has a UCL injury. He had to come out of the game the other day. That's what happens when you make Tito throw 100, 100 miles an hour constantly. The baseball gods do not like the teams right now at all. They don't. They don't. No. But that's kind of the biggest news is the injuries in MLB. And Trout went back on the IL again. Yeah. Poor guy. <sighs> Rough times in Anaheim. Rough times in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. 100% on, on that. Um, so we have something a little different for you guys lined up. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, but, Kev, do you have a fun fact for us? Well, uh, it's related to a team that's flying high right now. Flying high? Like the flying Hawaiian, Shane Victorino? Uh, the Braves are doing <laughs> well right now. Uh, uh, they're, they're, they're playing great baseball. They're cheating. Uh, growing up, I remember uh, Bobby Cox, the manager Ooh, yeah, of the Braves. Bobby. Yeah, I never liked him. I could imagine. Well, yeah, I didn't like the Braves growing up. They yeah. were annoying. Yeah, they were annoying. Yeah, they won, but he won was 14 a, straight divisions? Something like yeah, that. But he so. was a great manager. Um, yeah. But uh, what he was also well known for was his temperament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all the ejections he accumulated over his career. Very true. So Bobby Cox managed 4,508 games almost over almost 30 seasons. Wow. He was ejected 162 times. A full season. A full season of ejections. A full season of ejections. Wow. 
or 3.5% of the games he was involved in. Jeez. So, like, three out of every 100 games wow. he would be ejected from. Wow, that's impressive. Um, out of the 23 World Series ejections, he has two of them, and he's the only manager to have multiple World Series ejections as well. That's actually a cool title. Multiple yeah. World Series ejections. I'll take that yeah. title. Someone said send him a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> just just have it, like, like you know the, the video of the guy throwing the bass when he was ejected. And oh, uh, what's his name? McClendon, yeah, I think, for the Pirates. Yeah, that's yeah. what the war trophy should be because that's the cool thing. Like, just throwing the, the base yeah. across the... Pinella used to do the same thing, yeah. I think. Oh, little Pinella, yeah. Or, or no, McClendon was different because he just took the first base and walked back with it. Yeah, so, so Bobby Cox is 162 ejections in the regular season, or is it total? Total. Total. Is that the most all-time? Yes, by far. Far, far? What's the next closest? Do you know? Uh, I do have a number. Try and take a guess. All right, 162. I want to say probably it's in the low hundreds. Mm-hmm. Okay, 110. A little higher. 120. One more. 121. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. By, is it Lou? No, it's an older guy. Older guy? How old? Uh, Pretty old. Pretty like, old? Like dead ball era. Oh, okay. And I'm probably not going to know it. Uh, It's John McGraw. John McGraw. Would Oof. you have gotten that? No. Okay. Kev is the uh, aficionado of aficionado of trivia in baseball history and, and everything. We're planning to go to trivia in a couple of weeks or something like that. But um, also, how funny was it yesterday of Howie saying Nolan uh, uh, Air? What did he say? He didn't say Arenado. He said Aaron. Ariendo. Ariendo. Nolan Ariendo. Ariendo. <laughs> I was like, who? Who? Are you? Uh, just as a reference, by the way, Lou Pinella has 64. Wow. He's you... tied for 13th on the list with Clint Hurdle and Bill Rigney. Uh, active right now is Bruce Bochy. That makes sense. He's, yeah. co- he's coached the longest. He has 78. Okay. And yeah, Tony Russo with 93. Uh, he's not coaching anymore, though. No. And Joe Torre has 70. Because he managed forever as well. Speaking of the Rangers, they are struggling with Bruce Bochy. We've lost eight in a row. I, I don't know if they've won one today or not. It's going to be an interesting finish to yeah. that AL West and race. Yeah, the Mariners are all of a sudden in first place. They were like a couple games above 500, almost below 500. Last time I checked the standings like vigorously, and now they're first place. It's kind of nuts. I'm interested in what the wild card's going to be like in the American League with yeah. the AL West and the East teams. Yeah. How far back are the Red Sox? They're decently far back. Yeah, I know my prediction of the Angels making the um, playoffs is uh, probably not going to happen now. Uh, yeah. That was probably my worst hot take of the season so far. Yeah, the Yankees winning the division is probably not happening at this Oof. point. Yeah. yeah. Our, our predictions are just, just if you want to listen to predictions, don't listen to us, please. <laughs> no, do do listen to us. Do do, do listen to us. They're, <laughs> they're fun. Okay, so... <laughs> The wild card teams, uh, Red Sox are three and a half back. It's pretty much Tampa, Texas, Houston, Toronto, and Boston, and that's it. Because the Angels are nine and a half back after Boston. Like, jeez, oh, yeah, Whew, man, gosh. Uh, and unfortunately, Oakland was eliminated from postseason contention the other day. Oh no! Big surprise. <laughs> I know it's really sad. Well, did you know that the <laughs> the San Diego Padres? are only a half game ahead of the Washington Nationals in the wild card standings. What are they going to do there? I mean, why trade Juan Soto? I mean, why? <laughs> Gosh. 
What a joke some of these teams are. It's Well, it's the mentality that some of these teams have is that we're going to get all these superstars for a year or two or a couple of years and we'll win something. Yeah. And it usually explodes in their face. Yeah. I mean, Texas is doing fairly well because they've gotten some. But, I mean, DeGrom isn't pitching for them. But, you know, they had Seager, Simeon, yeah. and they've also had some prospects come up. Um, I mean, I'm just thinking like the Earl, like the 2012 Angels or like the Marlins, what they oh, did at yeah, that time true. too. Yeah. Everything seems to blow yeah. up on their face when you spend like, except the 09 Yankees. When the 09 Yankees spent, they, they made it to the World Series. Yes, but they already had a base layer they there. Had a, yeah, they had a base layer, but then they, they still spent a ton of money. Like, is that the year they got to share, right? Yeah, and they, they got, got CC and they got Burnett. Yeah, those are three really good signings that, I mean, CC's a Hall of Famer, and Teixeira is the Hall of Very, Very Good. Yeah. So, and AJ Burnett's a solid two, three pitcher. Yeah. But the difference, again, is just like there was already the base layer of people who you could have decent chemistry with. I feel like with someone like the Marlins, for instance, in 2012, they just got a bunch of guys yeah, that's true. to make a superstar yeah. team, and they didn't have it. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, talk about, uh, we'll talk about some busts in uh, terms of teams in a little bit. Um, but yeah, that was a good fact about, um, Bobby Cox, manager yeah. of the Braves. I think it was 14 division titles in a row. I'm pretty sure it was 14, not 15, but that was a good era of, of Atlanta Braves baseball. And I fully know it because I was watching it as a kid. Oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's our fun fact for the day for the podcast. And we have something special planned for you guys. One of us is not going to lead a discussion on one specific topic, but we do have something fun planned. Uh, Kevin and I were talking last night with uh, one of our friends, Taylor, who was on the podcast doing the fantasy, uh, the fantasy team that we did a couple weeks ago. And, you know, we decided that it would be a fun podcast to come up with our wall of shame for players, anything in baseball, players, coaches, managers, stadiums. Like, what are some things that belong in the wall of shame? Not the wall of fame, this is the bad stuff that you don't want to be associated with. Um, we didn't really set any criteria up. We just said, you know, pick five things that you think deserve to be in the wall of shame. Um, we do not have the same. We, we didn't say which one. Uh, we did have one similarity before, but we decided not to share everything. So there was only one thing that we had the same. And I changed mine just because, uh, but I'm not going to reveal what it was until later. Um, but everything else is complete surprise to us. I don't know what his is. He doesn't know what mine is. Um, I do have some honorable mentions that I'll do after. Do you have any honorable mentions? Uh, just one or two. Okay. One Ones that I was originally had on my list, but I decided to yeah. switch it out with something yeah. else. I can mention those. Yeah. So we don't have any awards for these. Um, we would love to have awards for Wall of Shame because these things definitely deserve to be put on a plaque and plastered for being terrible. Um, do they even deserve a plaque? Yes, to be. Should they like a crumbled up wad, wad of paper on a wall? No, it's like the like the Razzies or something like that for like the movies. Like what's no, the, I don't think these even deserve that. Wow. Okay. No. Right. Okay. That's it's a, fair. It's a wall of shame. Yes. All right. Wall of shame. We're no no awards or no wall awards. of shame. We're, whatever. We're just gonna okay. we're just gonna um, strike them down with hate. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. Um, uh, and mine are. I decided that mine were not in any particular order, but then I decided now that I'm going to put them in particular order. So I'm going to go down from five to one. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? 
Uh, you could go first you since go this first? is your topic. Okay. Well, yeah, it's. It, I guess it is my topic because like, Kevin and I we go back and forth each time we do a podcast. All right, it's his turn to pick a topic. Like, okay. I guess I picked this topic, but it, both of us are involved in it. Yeah. So I feel like I uh, will figure it out after. But um, okay. So number five for me for Wall of Shame, baseball Wall of Shame. This player is still playing. He is a pitcher for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, he's been in the league probably, let's see, I want to say probably 10 years, I want to say. Um, he's been a decent pitcher, but it wasn't until a couple years ago when his divorce from his wife became very prominent and became headline news. Zach Davies of the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, divorced from his wife yeah, I think a couple years ago, about a year ago, uh, in 2022. But this guy is a total scumbag. In 2021, he was having an affair with someone and decided to ghost his wife until now, like, and has not talked with his wife and has been having an affair for two years. During that time, he posted on Instagram a post of his wife celebrating their anniversary in 2022 while having an affair and while ghosting his wife. Total scumbag. When I heard that, I was like, wow, I don't ever want to be associated with anything. Like, how could you be in the locker room with this guy and just be like, yeah, I definitely want to play for him. Like, I couldn't do it. Are you kidding me, man? He just disrespected his wife by having an affair not talking to his wife at all. And then you know what? To just add to it, his wife finds the uh, anniversary post on his Instagram saying congratulations on another year of being married. What a total jerk. Uh, is the person he's currently engaged to the one he was having an affair with? Uh, I don't know if he's in, I don't. Is he, he is engaged. He's engaged? Yes. Oh, my God. Mm. I didn't do that deep. A, oh, my gosh. So this is, um, this is a quote from his wife. Uh, in 2021, my world as I knew it completely fell apart. My husband cut off all communication from me while I was back home in Arizona, and he was in another state. He sent a text message at 6 a.m. in the morning and then blocked me. I soon found he was having an affair, and I had to file for divorce without even having a single conversation with the person I built a life with. For the longest time, I was ashamed, ashamed to tell my story, embarrassed of my marriage ending, humiliated by the way he chose to go about all this. But I'm finding there is so much power in telling the truth. So today I'm claiming my power back from someone who never deserved it in the first place. You go, girl. You go. Also, she's gorgeous. Like, come on, man. Like, I don't get these guys who just freaking cheat. I don't get it. I don't get it. Just scumbag. That's number five, Zach Davies on Wall of Shame. Um, it's unfortunately not an uncommon thing to happen. Yeah. Oh, and it's so much easier today with texting and social media and everything. It's easier to yeah. do and uh, you can just block people and get up and leave. Yeah. I think it's just kind of the easy come, easy go yeah. way of communicating yeah. with people in general now. Yeah. So if you see Zach Davies pitching for the Diamondbacks anytime soon, just boo him from your seat and just know that he's a total scumbag. He was just reinstated from the IL. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I I don't know how you could pit, like play for that guy. I don't. Like, I know you have to be professional and everything, but come on. How can you respect him at all? 
Do you know how he is in the locker room? No clue. No clue. No clue. I mean, the Diamondbacks already have Tommy Pham, who's already kind of a, a little bit of a, not a head case, but just, you know, he's had that problem with Jock Peterson for the fantasy league, which is a really interesting story. Um, but, yeah, so Zach Davies, my number five, wall of shame. Well, if it helps you feel any better, um, he has a 7.38 ERA. There you go. And a 1.62 whip through th- 57 innings. Yeah. And also surrender 13 runs over 13 innings during his rehab assignment. Serves you right, so. scumbag. Uh, it's not enough. Yeah. Okay. What's your? Do you, are you doing them in order? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, this is this uh, this is an umpire. Um, now I was originally gonna choose one that wasn't as popularly hated mm-hmm. because I feel like the guy who I end up on the list is the one who's super popular to hate already because nobody likes him. And he's terrible at his job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just had to go with it. I had to put Angel Hernandez somewhere on this list. Big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's very surprising to you with the way he fails in his quote-unquote rehab assignment in the minor leagues, which I didn't I didn't know they did that. Hey, this is the first time I'm hearing about dude, it, too. Dude, it's like, it's like he got sent down to the minors because he was doing such a bad job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, it was uh, someone else had a rehab assignment, too. Like, I'm not sure who it was, but I was like, what the, who are these umpires doing rehab assignments? But yeah, continue. Yeah, from... Uh, uh, who is the guy who, who booed uh, Angel Hernandez at the Cubs game and Angel Hernandez ejected oh, him? Oh, it was a what? Saturday Night Live person. Yeah. Um, oh, I got to Google that real quick. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. That but was he booed him during the seventh inning stretch yeah. because the Cubs have that tradition of someone goes up there, a famous person, and sings, take me out to the ball game. And he got thrown out. <laughs> he got ejected from the game. That's like something Bob Davidson would do. He used to do that to throw fans out. Yeah. Um. Steve Mongo McMichael. Steve McMichael. Um, oh, he he played for the Bears. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was totally wrong on SNL then. <laughs> he kind of sounds like a Saturday Night Live yeah. actor, doesn't he? Yeah. Like a John Candy or yeah. someone like that. Yeah. <laughs> and also, Adrian, I mean, yeah, anymore, I have something to add, but you can continue. Oh, no, I it, just se- it just seems like every time I see a bad call, it, like – at least a third or half the time it's him. Yeah. And if you, if people know your name, that's not a good thing. Nope. As an umpire, you don't want to have people know what your name is. Angel Hernandez, C.B. Buckner, oh, C.B. Laz Buck- Diaz, and uh, I know Jim Wolf, but that's because he's freaking yoked. Yeah. yeah like, um, but I was going to say, with Angel Hernandez, to add to his misery, he lost the um, the case where he was suing MLB for discrimination uh, because he's Hispanic, is Hispanic. I yes. th- yeah. yeah. Which in reality, he was just. A, everyone knows he's a terrible umpire, but he's trying to get away with the fact that he wasn't coaching or wasn't umpiring in playoff games, yeah, because of his race. Which is, I'm like, dude, you know that you're you, like, don't fall in the top umpires for correct calls. Like, how are you? How do you think that you're? Oh, and and honestly, if the umpires union wasn't so strong like all other unions are, if if you want a job for the rest of your life, join a union, man. Yeah. You'll <laughs> never lose your job, especially yeah. I guess if you're an umpire. But if he did, he if he wasn't in that, if they didn't have that, he wouldn't have a job right now. Yeah. In terms of my least favorite, he's technically not. I think maybe someone like a CB Buckner or even like someone like an Alfonso Marquez. I don't know if you remember him. I know Alfonso. Yeah. 
he had some pretty wretched calls. Oh yeah. Um, but I think Angel just deser- deserves this distinction because of who the notoriety he's built up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Good. Good number five. Good number five. Um, okay, my turn. So. Uh, this player recently retired, uh, but is still getting paid by a certain team. Um, he is known for uh, having some decent seasons with the Baltimore Orioles, uh, but then once he signed his contract, uh, he all of a sudden became arguably the worst hitter in almost Major League history. Um, but it's it's a real shame just because he's a nice guy and it, you know I haven't heard anything bad about him i don't think he deserves to be on here i think i know you're talking about you don't think he deserves to be on here no i I, it's not necessarily he just okay so uh number four for my wall of shame is chris davis the chris davis for baltimore orioles not the chris davis for the oakland athletics but chris davis for the baltimore orioles and the reason why i have him on the wall of shame is because these are his stats once he signed the the contract which the contract was a seven-year $161 $161 million contract that would pay him $23 million annually, but then also he had deferred payments after that, He re- after the contract that o- is over. So he's still getting paid a couple million dollars. And these are his stats once he, uh, <laughs> once he signed those contracts. A 196 batting average, mm-hmm. and in that time he went 0 for 54. Mm-hmm. A on-base percentage of 291, and a slugging percentage of 379. So an OPS of 670, which is almost 100 points below league average, and he's getting paid $23 million a year. He should back cleanup for the Yankees. <laughs> yes. An OPS plus of 80, which is abysmal. The MLB average is 100. And uh, he, he did have 92 home runs in the, that time span, but mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. And he, he averaged... Uh, in in the season, each season, he averaged uh, a 196 batting average with uh, 18 homers, 46 RBIs, and 152 strikeouts in 107 games. Yeah, he he had 762 strikeouts in 534 games under that contract. The reason why I have him in the Hall of Shame, not because he's a bad person or anything, is because that contract is probably one of the worst contracts ever given out to a player now i do change my mind because i thought you were gonna go in a different direction okay. and have someone else on here okay i thought you were thinking perhaps of bobby bonilla with the contract no that was that really wasn't his fault that was the mets fault Wait, which is it. why i was saying he doesn't belong on there yeah but even with chris davis like i guess he's earned it because like i'm looking here like he struck out 36 percent of his bats in 2018 mm-hmm. which is an insane, insane amount of amount. strikeouts yeah but it was almost like it was just, it got sad after yeah, a while. I felt really, so bad yeah. for this guy. He couldn't get a hit to yeah. save his life. He went, uh, when he went 0 for 54, which was in the 20, 2019, yeah, it set a record for most at-bats by a position player without a hit, going 0 for 54. But he still managed to uh, have a run batted in on a bases loaded walk during that span. Um, but I remember that time, it kind of, you just really felt bad for him. But... At the same time, I don't feel bad for him. He's getting paid $23 million. Yeah. He should deliver. Yeah. And I, the, the shift didn't help him, obviously. And he did have some good seasons. Like, he was an all-star in 2013. Um, he led the league in home runs twice. He won the Silver Slugger 
you know, he had some good years, but uh, and he was actually third in MVP in 2013 when he had this was a fantastic season, 286 with an OPS of 1.004, which is amazing, 53 homers and 138 RBIs. But then he's followed that up with a season padding 196. Like yeah. he was so inconsistent that he didn't deserve that contract. That's where the free agent time, like the timing of being a free agent, is so critical for players and. Just, I think this is. I think he deserves to be on the wall of shame just for the how he handled the contract. And and I mean, even in 2013, he struck out 199 times. Oh yeah. So the signs are already there that he's like, well, this is like yeah. a little dangerous territory. And then he struck out 200 times two years in a row. Yeah. yeah. He led um, the league in strikeouts twice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh jeez, gosh. But he hit 47 home runs in the year they struck out 208 yeah. times, and that was the last year before the contract. Yep. So, like the first year of the contract, he batted 221 with a 792 OPS, 38 homers, 84 RBIs. Not terrible, but that's not what you want from a $23 million player. You want at least batting 250, OPS of 800 plus. Getting that money. But, you know, after that, it was just he batted 215, 168, 179. And then in 2020, one, oh my gosh, in 16 games, he batted 115. With no home runs. Oh my God. And one RBI. Before he ended his season oh with a knee injury. Gosh. Yeah. And then that's just like, yeah. It, it's yeah. just like, yeah, you ever seen like a horse race where it's like the horse like gets injured and you just feel so bad for it that you just want to put it out of its misery? That yeah. was like Chris Davis at the end of his career. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not, he's not well of shame for just who he is and feeling sad for him. He's well of shame because he didn't deliver on the contract. And I think it's one of the worst contracts ever given out. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. For criteria. I'll, I'll go with something. Not as depressing, but I still don't like it. This um, is your number four? Yes. Okay. Um, this is more of an aesthetic issue of looking at nice things. Mm-hmm. Because there's some uniforms you like looking at, <laughs> and some where it's just you kind of got to squint a little. It's like, It's like if you, if you look at someone and it's like, oh, that person looks pretty nice. And then when they get closer, it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. I put on my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel this about this team right now. And this might be a little bit of a hot take for me, even though I don't know how controversial it would be for anyone else. But every, almost every uniform the San Diego Padres puts out is ugly. <laughs> Whether it's their normal ones. Their city connects, mm-hmm. their alternates, their mm-hmm. throwbacks, the the stupid camo that they wear on Memorial Day or the Fourth mm-hmm. of July or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everything that that they put out on the field is disgusting <laughs> to me, and I think that's definitely worth it on the wall of shame. I the only caveat is that their home jerseys when they wear their white with the pinstripes looks okay. Mm-hmm. Everything else to me, I think, is garbage. Okay, so it's the uniforms. Yes. The San Diego Padres uniforms. Yes. My dad would 100% agree with you, but this is the funny thing about my dad well, on this opinion. He thinks that the Padres are never going to win anything because of their name. He's like, what kind of name is the Padres for a baseball team? I'm like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. It's it's not a great name for a baseball team, but my dad just, he's he's so adamant. He's like, God, that's such a terrible name. It's He's so adamant what, about it. What does he think they should be? I don't know. He's something other than the Padres. But he he's like, God, the uniforms are bad. Yeah. I don't hate the uniforms. They're not, but they're not great. I don't like the, um, the pinstripes on the gray that they have. That's I weird. I don't like I, that. The twins just redid that for their new uniform. They're this, this, it was this year. 
and I don't like the pinstripes for away jerseys. Okay. I think pinstripes are good for home jerseys. Because it's white. Yes, which is white, yeah. yeah. But I don't like the gray pinstripes. It's just... I, I think I like some u- uniformity with the with jerseys at for away, yeah, but uh, it's it's whatever. Well, you gotta be careful with pinstripes. I feel. Oh yeah, they, they can either de- look great or go horribly wrong. Yeah, I one hundred percent. Are there any pinstripes that are really bad in the MLB? <sighs> Rockies have them. Yankees have them. The White Sox, White Sox have, have them. them. Phillies Mets have them. Have them. Mel- Mets do have them. Yeah. No, I think all the pinstripes do work fine in. In MLB, in the MLB world, nothing too bad except for the gray ones, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, which is another reason why the Padres yeah. should be on here. And like the brown and the yellow, I get that too, but I, it just doesn't look right to me. So, it, are they the uh, the worst uniform, or you just think that everything that the Padres come out, like the entire uniform spectrum, is just terrible? The spectrum in okay. general, because I was like, uh, because I, the pot. I mean, there's worse uniforms in the major leagues. Yes, I would agree. I, I won't. Dispute that we but might have a just, podcast on that one specifically because it's yeah. been it's been on my mind. Yes, but I think it's just a culmination of it. Like even their C connects, it's like a knockoff Miami Vice thing yeah. they got going on. I liked it when it first came out, but then the more I look at it, I'm like, wow, this is like some like six seven year old designed it with with certain. He only had one box of crowns, and they were all like Miami themed colors, and yeah. they're just that's what they had to deal with. Uh, I mean, like what Bob? I mean. The one thing that bothers me the most, I think, is like if they got rid of the yellow on the seams or the edges, mm-hmm. it, I don't think it would look terrible. Okay, I gotta look at this because a I think bit they have like yellows on the collars and the like the edges of their uniforms. Okay, so I don't I don't mind like the teal green that they have on it. Okay, you're right. The yellow definitely does. Yeah, yeah. If they got rid of that, they would be better. I yeah, think. the teal and the green and the pink, like it's not bad. But the yeah, you're. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, oh, that's actually nice. That someone did, must have done like a mock up or something like that. I actually kind of like that a little bit better. Yeah, because you don't have the yellow. Yeah. So I'm looking at a photo of a mock up someone did where it's kind of mostly teal, uh, and then it's got like a pink stripe across the chest. Uh, saying San Diego, and that definitely looks better. And it's a lighter shade of pink yeah. as opposed to like more of a red. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I think we'll probably have a podcast on the MLB uniforms because I I am very worried about the Philly City Connect jerseys <laughs> when they've got released. But uh, when are they releasing those? I think we're we're either due next year or the following year. I think that I think that's two more years of releases for jerseys. Okay, I believe. Someone quote me on that if I'm wrong. Um. But yeah, no good. I like your number four. That's good. I like that. Okay. So it seems like there's a theme here. You know, Kev's been going with more obscure stuff. I'm going with players. And um, this player that is going to be number three uh, has over 500 home runs in his career. Um, and you probably know him from uh, from baseball from for being such a prolific hitter. But also, he made news uh, talking to Congress because he got accused of taking steroids. And he is most known for this. I'll, I'll read it verbatim. Um, in a public statement. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's do, okay. Uh, Kevin just shook his finger at me. Um, I had I had the quote here. Uh, and now I cannot find it. Uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, this is in March of 2015. And this player said, let me... Sp- be, let me start by telling you this. I have never used steroids, period. I do not know how to say it any more clearly than that. Never. 
That would be Rafael Palmero. That's why I was waving the finger. Because yeah. I was waiting in Congress. Like, I did not take steroids. Yeah. And then, like, uh, he got suspended, like, a week later for a failed drug test, I think. And I was like, really? Um, I just, like, he got put on the Mitchell Report. I know that. Yeah. And um, I know that, see, this is the wording that he started using. I have never intentionally used steroids. That word intentionally is probably can be, you know, used in the court of law. So that way he can probably get away with it. Because maybe he never intentionally did it, but someone else intentionally put it in him. You know, mm-hmm. um, but then they were talking about uh, Miguel Tejada put like vitamin B12 in him, which has some form of like anti that's against like MLB's drug thing. But um, the reason why I have him on my wall of shame is because he was so adamant in Congress that I that he never took steroids, period. It was the way that he talked to Congress. And then <laughs> 10 days later, tested positive for a steroid. Like, I'm sorry, in uh, August of 2005 uh he tested positive for uh for taking steroids yeah i've never been overly impressed with rafael palmero as a hitter yeah so i mean like he put up the 500 home runs 569 home runs which is a lot but he made only four all-star games yeah well who was in for who was first base in the al during those times uh in the 90s um yeah i mean he didn't make an all-star team from 90 92 to 97 i mean he did but he did do well like he batted you know maybe he was a second second half hitter yeah you know that's you know that's what uh that's what harper is harper's a second half hitter i mean he 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 didn't well he didn't make hit a lot of rbis yeah no he's a fantastic player it's just he's not you know, they didn't wow me like a Sosa or yeah, a McGuire yeah. Bonds. But would. 569 home runs, over 3,000 hits, 288 average. Um, but he's not in the Hall of Fame, and because he took steroids. And uh, I, and I could have put every guy on steroids on this, but I think it was because he was so outspoken about it. You know, McGuire and Sosa, they've kind of been like they kind of come out and like, yeah, I used them and like. You know, that's it's I mis- was a mistake and everything, but he's I remember like right after he retired, he was still fighting the fact that he never took it. And there's so much evidence proving that he did. Now, if there was if there's you know, it's innocent until proven guilty with with this, but it looks like he's pretty guilty. And I think he deserves to be on the wall of shame for me. And number three, Rafael Palmero. Do you think any uh, other steroid guys could be in consideration here? Like, say, Clemens on my wall of shame? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I. I mean. I. Like I said, I probably could have done a top five of just cheaters, but uh, I feel that Palmero was one that stood out to me, and I feel like you know, I. You could put them all on. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of someone who recently like. Canseco came out and said that he did steroids, right? He. I mean, he's probably the most open of all yeah, of them. Yeah. He doesn't I mean, hold back when he talks about his baseball career. He's an career. interesting guy. Yeah. Um, maybe that's the next podcast we can do. Next, the top five most... The Jose Canseco podcast? <laughs> no. <laughs> top five best personalities in baseball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought that at least Palmero, because of how adamant he was during the congressional hearing, that he said, I have never used it, period. I and, could I could see that. Yeah. The others were a little more reserved. I, th- I thought Clemens was a little more... Uh, denying as well especially yeah. with the brian mcnamee stuff yeah um, i agree i agree i think i like clemens a little bit more but 
I, I have a soft spot for Clemens yeah, as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, it's a shame. It, it really is a shame. It would go. We have a whole entire podcast on steroids. I did a, a thesis paper in college proving that steroids was actually saved baseball because you know in '94 they had the strike, and then a couple of years after that they had summer with Sosa and McGuire, which was honestly one of the coolest things in baseball history, with McGuire and Sosa chasing for 62. Like that was fun. Indeed. Well, to go from fun, I got a C on that paper. <laughs> I did not do as much research as I should have. Yeah. Well, to go from uh, fun to not as fun, mm-hmm. and that's to travel to the good old city of Oakland, California. The good old city of Oakland, California. <laughs> Who uh, one of our friends was talking about how he fe- he's been to third world countries and Northeast Philly, and Oakland was the place he was scared in. <laughs> Oh, it's Taylor, right? Yeah. Yeah, Taylor's been a, <laughs> probably the person we've mentioned the most on this podcast of our friends. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, um, no, he was, he was very adamant. He's like, yeah, this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, Oakland's just a bad place, and the A's have just been a franchise who are just so odd because on the one hand, they made the playoffs four years ago, mm-hmm. and now they're, on, like, they're one of the worst teams ever, literally, yeah. statistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to go not just to – the players you know mm. a lot of it comes from above just like dan schneider was with the washington football team or commanders or redskins or you want to call well, it yeah there there's a petition out to get the redskins back i saw it's got a decent <laughs> it's amount got of a decent amount. <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i don't think they'll get it but I we'll mean, see we'll see there's a decent amount of support um but i think the my on my hall of shame the worst owner right now in my opinion maybe one of the worst in mld history has to be john fisher mm-hmm. of the oakland a's yes um the way he's run this team and how they've just you know they've had this net worth of 2.4 billion dollars and they can't even win like 50 games Mm-mm. their stadium is literal crap it, there's crap coming from the pipes above the stands and there's a possum in the broadcast booth <laughs> <laughs> did you hear about that yeah yeah <laughs> and and I think what makes it the most shameful, and that's why he's really on here, is the way he's treated the fans of Oakland. Yeah, that's um, that's the worst part. The fans of Oakland, you could tell, are very loyal to this team. You know, they're diehards. And the fact that they're trying to, you know, just get out of Oakland and go to Vegas along mm. with the Raiders, I think is just absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. And he just refuses to sell this team despite yeah. the pushback. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was even... Um, you know, when the Phillies went out to Oakland and played, you know, Harper was, was I think he was given almost not a standing ovation, but he was cheered very loud because he had some comments saying that, yeah, no, Oakland needs to stay in 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 Oakland. Like, the athletics need to be a part of uh, that area. But it's just a it's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. The, the attendance is a joke. The stadium's a joke. The team's a joke. And the owner's the biggest joke. Yeah. Because he... He shouldn't be owning this team. And who says it's going to get any better when you change locations? Sure, you'll have a nice new stadium and probably some revenue coming in, which is really probably all that he cares about. Yeah. But the team will probably still be crap if he doesn't actually try to build anything out yeah. of it. I mean, the last when they traded away Donaldson, like I mean, the last good team that I remember was when they had Donaldson, Sonny Gray. Uh, uh, who else did they have on that team? But that was the last time that I remember them being like really good. Yeah. Um, and I loved that team. Oh my gosh. But yeah, I mean they've they've kind of it's 
over the last couple of years, they've had uh, some concepts of like stadiums being being rebuilt. Like it was like Cisco Field, uh, which was a really cool rendering that they had for it, yeah. but um, they couldn't get it approved. And uh, yeah, they had another one I think by like one of their p- like terminals or mm-hmm. ports as well, which was similar in yeah. concept to Cisco. It was really cool, but I agree. This owner does not care about the fans, and that's like I said earlier. They the fans are the ones that are suffering the most because they are there. They've been very adamant that the owner needs to sell the team. And they had that reverse boycott game where they were uh, basically, they were cheering during certain sell the team. Yeah. yeah. Sell the team. And um, did you see, did you see that they raised the prices for that, that game or something like that? Of course they did. Yeah. They, they did the, they released like the, um, the statistics of like how many tickets they sold on that night and everything. I think the owner gave the only thing that I give him credit is I think he gave some of that to charity or something like that when the, the reverse boycott game, which I thought was cool, but it's kind of just a PR move and everything. Yeah, and of course it's Vegas. Of course it's Vegas. Everyone needs to have a team in Vegas. No, now. they don't. No, they don't. But Kev's. I know Kev's joking, but no, they don't. No, they Stay don't. Stay out of Vegas. Yeah, bad things happen in Vegas. <laughs> I know that Tr- Trump said that bad things happen in Philadelphia, and they do. Ba- bad things happen in Vegas. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Good number two. Good number two. Three. Oh, three. Yeah, sorry. I'm thinking of my number two. Um, <laughs> number two. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, this one uh, was a player that I never really liked, and I'm probably why he's my number two on Wall of Shame. Um, but he's actually, like, a couple of these players that I've chosen are actually decent players, but then they really just gave up. And... This guy, when he signed with the White, uh, the Red Sox after playing with the Giants and won a couple World Series with the Giants, and then he just went to the Red Sox after signing almost a $100 million deal and then gained like 50 pounds and didn't care. Pablo Sandoval, what a joke. <laughs> what a joke of a player he is. He gets that. So he signed a five-year, $90 million contract after playing uh, a couple years with the Giants, winning a couple World Series, a couple All-Star appearances. You know, he's never been in a big, uh, you know, athletic guy. Or a, you know, well, he's big. He's big. He's never been an athletic yeah. guy. Um, you know, and, he's, and then he signed the contract for five years, uh, $90 million. Um, and <laughs> his first year, he batted. 245 with 10 homers and 47 RBIs, all career lows, and had a uh, swung at 47% of the pitches outside the strike zone, which was the highest percentage in the majors. Uh, he also came into camp completely overweight. Um, <laughs> and uh, That was my favorite part of the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Some I of mean, those photos were incredible. Yeah, the, that's what I was going to bring up next, the photos of when he came into spring training. I believe it wasn't the first year. It was the following year mm-hmm. where he just looked at – got to look it up again. <laughs> the, it, they're so great. His gut's like straight up <laughs> hanging out of his shirt. He's like almost falling over trying to field a baseball. Yeah. It's <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look up exactly – not um, that he was ever thin with San Francisco, but he really, I thought, let himself go so in he, Boston. So he's my height, 5'10", okay? But he weighs 268 pounds, and I'm, I'm 5'10", 180. Like, that's 268 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so he, uh, he, he was listed at 5'11", 255 on ESPN, but in reality, he was 5'10", 268. So he was very <laughs> – I have a story from the ex-trainer. <laughs> he has an eating problem. No. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so he needs to be smart 
he needs to be smart enough to share there's a problem. It's like the alcoholic that won't admit he's an alcoholic. Well, you can't address that you're an alcoholic if you don't ever admit there's a problem. He's proven to me and shown consistently that he's got to have somebody like me holding his hand doing that. And it's not an exercise thing. It's an eating thing. Um, we had a chef on staff that cooked all his meals. Uh, but I think it's an embarrassment now. Uh, yeah, it's it's not good. And then when he got designated for ex- assignment by the Red Sox, he came crawling back to the Giants. Yeah, he's, he's like, not- take me black, please. Yeah, yeah, he did. And then he was okay with the Giants. Like, he was serviceable, but... Uh, his last good year was his last year with the Giants. Yeah, not so, yeah, not the same kind of um, numbers he was putting yeah. up his first time there. Yeah, he's it just it's like he got the money and gave up, yeah. and just really didn't care. And that's that's why I think he deserves to be on the Wall of Shame at number two. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, in, in a fu- in a funny way. Yeah, I, it I, helps I, for you because <laughs> you were the Red Sox too. Like, well, that and also just he's kind of I don't know he, he's kind of like a doofy guy in a way. Yeah, like he's, he's like not panda. that he's a terrible person. No. I'm not saying that, but like yeah. just his posture and yeah. his demeanor. I mean, he had a fun nickname. Yeah, uh, the panda. panda. Yeah, which mm-hmm. was cool. But you know, when you look at him, he doesn't look like an athlete. Of course, there are tons of athletes in this world that don't actually look like athletes but you know he was a great hitter for his time with the giants but he's just oh gosh, I, I gotta look up the fact the last time uh he played was in the mexican league last year okay uh in 28 games he batted 240 with three home runs and 18 rbis <laughs> <laughs> this is him during COVID. He's just stretching when the Giants. This is when he was the Giants. He's just <laughs> stretching back, and it just looks like a, a dad just got out of the chair <laughs> with, a, with a beer belly. Oh my god! Let's not go back to twenty twenty. No, we? no, no. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to number my number two this mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, we're talk about uh, stadiums and how. My favorite stadium that I've been to, I haven't been to too many yet. I'm going to Pittsburgh next month, notching another one off my list, but still my favorite ballpark that I've been to is in Baltimore with Camden Yards. Mm-hmm. It's a good stadium. From Utah Street to just like being in the downtown, and it's just a great atmosphere to watch a game. Um, before this year, the Orioles hadn't been doing so hot. No. You could, you could probably consider them one of the worst teams in baseball. Yep. And, and and they've been trying to rectify that in a amount of ways. It's been paying off this year, bringing in players. I mean, now they're leading the division. Yeah, a lot of prospects. But they wanted to do a uh, more of a fix to their stadium to improve that. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah, I know where you're going. <laughs> and it's just like they what they decided to do because everybody was – all the right-handed hitters were hitting home runs to left field. They moved the left field wall back like 40 or 50 feet. So it's like you had the foul pole and then it juts out 50 feet, goes across almost to right center field, comes back in, and then goes along its normal depth. Left center. Yeah. 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 And not only that, they raised the the height of the fence. So hitting a ball to like almost directly left field is like 397. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I hate it in a multitude of ways. For one, it, I think it's a cheap move because, I mean, really, can you not not only trust yourself to pitch to like play the actual team, but also can you not even trust your players to hit a ball over the left field wall? Yeah. Also, it's ugly. It's really bad. It's really Camden bad. Camden Yards is a beautiful ballpark. It's like you took this supermodel and you knocked her front teeth out. Yeah. 
That's what it reminds me yeah. of. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to adjust it. I feel like it's gotten a decent amount of pushback that they could adjust it a little bit, for, like bring it back in a little bit. Mm. Of course, that owner is a joke, too. So Yeah, um, with the Kevin Brown stuff. Oh, my, and, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that that's a story for another time. Man, what a season for stories, man. We got a lot of we got a lot of stuff we could talk about. Yeah, it's a very it's been a very interesting season, even though the what, left field wall, I think, came in last year. I think it was last year. It wasn't this year. Yeah, because they had year. to take out, like, 10 or 15 rows of seats. Yeah. To, so, if they want to reestablish that, they have to put those back in. Yeah. I don't mind them raising the fence. Like at all, but I think they should bring it in if they brought it. But they, they brought it back too far. Like they over, overcorrected. Yeah. To, to yeah. W- even they overcorrected more than double. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's not like, uh, you know, they, they moved it out like 20 feet where no. it's like, oh, it's negligible. It's not too bad. They moved it a good like yeah. 40 or 50 yeah. feet. So like I'm trying to bring up the stats here. So like at the, the left field foul pole is 333 feet. And then true left field was pushed back to 384, oh, which for left field is a crazy yeah, depth. That's pretty deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I like what the the Mets did with the. Uh, I know I'm giving the Mets credit here. Like it's unlikely, unlike me. But the Mets for uh, a little bit, they had the stadium, City Field, and it was too much of a pitcher's park. And mm. so in left field, they. Uh, lowered it and put like a little bit of like concessions and stuff like that in left field wall, which was a great idea. It was really good. Um, and I think it's been beneficial to them and yeah. the other teams as well. Well, yeah. I mean, when they first opened, there was criticism about like the walls and how they're like different heights and different distances and mm-hmm. making it more uniform, yeah. I think, was an improvement. Yeah, I agree. Baltimore's doing the opposite. Yeah. Just... <laughs> if it didn't look horrible, no. it, it, I probably wouldn't as, be as adamant about this, but it looks atrocious. It looks it's, it, it looks atrocious and it, it gives me so much, so much satisfaction when people hit a home run down that over there anyway. I think if I think it wouldn't look as bad if you know how like once you get to the bullpens in left center field if it wasn't just like all of a sudden a ninety degree angle. <laughs> yeah. I think if it was more like a, a forty five degree angle with the the wall, it would look better. It's almost like you know it's like a a, a trapezoid. Is that yeah. what it, a yeah, trapezoid type I guess, shape? Yeah. yeah. It would look better. But the fact that it's a 90-degree angle, it's just like, oh, my gosh. And it's, it's a huge amount of territory. Yeah. It's not like a – it's not a short distance. It, it goes out to the bullpen. I can't imagine Kyle Schwarber playing in left field every day at that in that ballpark. Well, that's why he's in Philly. Also, for free agent signing, like hitting a, like a right-handed batter, like you're not going to hit as many home runs no. unless you're freaking Giancarlo Stanton or Judge. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. That's a good number, too. Yeah, and it's a shame because, again, like I was saying, Camden Yards, I love going to Camden Yards. And it's not like I won't go because of that wall, but it's definitely it definitely degrades the beauty yeah. that it has. You said it's a shame? Yes. It's a wall of shame. Indeed. Hey-o. Maybe we should put all of our uh, plaques or paper things on it. Yeah. Maybe we should put out on Instagram our wall of shame list. Maybe we should do that. Maybe you should list your number one. Oh, person. that's right. I still have to get number one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this one I'm very happy about. Um, mostly because it's still currently happening. Um, so I've done all. Four, I've done four players, uh, but this one, it just feels a little bit better to say because it just, it just feels so good to say this. The 2023 Mets are just absolutely 
horrible and deserve the number one spot on my wall of shame. Mm-hmm. Not only did they spend a record amount of money in the offseason to become World Series contenders um, and sign a future Hall of Famer in Justin Verlander, who they already had, Max Scherzer, re-signed Edwin Diaz to their contract, uh, re-signed Brandon Nimmo to a large contract, uh, go get Cody Senga uh, from Japan, who has been fantastic this year. But the New York Mets are currently in last place in the division with the highest payroll in MLB history at, I believe, 400 and... Oh, no, that might have been when they signed Correa. Where's their payroll? I cannot find it right now. Anyway, the New York Mets are currently in last place, and it's just fantastic. They... They were, everyone was, they were, you know what's the best part about this? In spring training, they were practicing their World Series celebration. Yes, they were. That was a joke. I, I think the the omen of things to come is when they re-signed Edwin Diaz to that contract. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which and was which was the first of many. I mean, no one was anticipating what happened to him, but mm. I think it was just an omen of the bad signings and misfortunes that were to come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so team. their payroll is uh, three hundred sixty-four million dollars, which is the highest by uh, a decent amount. Um, they have, but the thing is, they they did that, and then they also have to pay taxes on that. I think they have to pay uh, like forty million, I think, on that. Um, and it's just been fantastic. Like it's the Mets doing the Mets. They're doing Mets things. They have. Pete Alonso, who they were thinking about trading at the dead. Oh, that's another thing I have to talk about. So, you know, they weren't exactly doing fantastic the entire season. They were just kind of like middle of the pack and like, okay, are they going to be buyers or sellers? Mm. And then then they started falling a little bit more. And then at the deadline, I mean, Verlander got hurt. Scherzer had a four ERA. And then they're like, ah. And then the first trade chip happened where Scherzer got traded. And you're like, wow, they are selling and this is a complete dumpster fire, and everyone is so happy about it, except Mets fans, because <laughs> it's a joke. They're a complete joke. The, then they traded Verlander, and remember at the beginning of the year, we, you and I talked that either the Verlander-Scherzer thing, it's two guys in reaching their 40s, leading their uh, pitching rotation. It's either going to work out fantastic or it's going to be a complete bust. Yep. And look what it did. It's a complete bust. Complete bust. And don't forget some of the underrated uh, bad trades or signings for the Mets, too. They've got Gary Sanchez. Oh, yeah. Who's not playing for them anymore. No. They got David Robertson, who's not playing for them anymore. Yeah, but he pitched well, though. He, he did, w- but he's not there anymore. No, he's not there. Yeah, no, he tr- they traded. Yeah, but that was a good that was a good signing. It was a good this. signing, but they, yeah. he wasn't around yeah, no, very long. Just he wasn't around long enough to actually reap the yeah. benefits of yeah. his pitching. They've been so inconsistent that it it's so much fun to watch. Um, oh, yeah, and they had Luke Voigt as well. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. A lot of these former Yankees on this team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's j- I just think it's so funny. The fact, like, I, every year I'm like, oh, wow, the Mets actually might be good. And they don't have Tommy Pham anymore either. They don't have Tommy Pham anymore. No. Yeah, just. Um, And they want, the thing is, like, it's it's a dramatic change from last year because they won 101 games. 101 games the previous year. And then now they they struggled uh, to below 500 since early June. (laughs) I I love the Wikipedia article. However, the team is still looking to make the playoffs for the second year in a row. (laughs) 
There's what, no citation. What a joke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Buck Showalter's fired after this year. I mean, you can't. So I do kind of feel bad for him. I know he's a Mets manager, but uh, just, uh, I don't know. I've, got, I've had a soft spot for Buck. Yeah. So some of the contracts that they are linked to, you know, they got they signed Brandon Nimmo to an eight-year, $162 million. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Brandon Nimmo is not worth that much Bad money. Bad signings. Gosh. Like, he's a good player, but he's not worth that much money. They're trying to adapt a Yankees mentality. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, Steve Cohen, the owner, he was very adamant. I I liked that he was going for it. I was like, this is what an owner should do. Being aggressive. Being yeah. aggressive. And, you know, I was like, crap, he's actually doing good things. And... I thought that they were actually going to be decent. I was like, it, I think Ed, the Edwin Diaz thing hurt them in like in morale, yeah. and so they're like, ah, oh, crap. We're like everything was supposed to work out perfectly, and that was the first thing, and the season hasn't even had started yet. Um, and so that that definitely sucked. Um, but as a Phillies fan, this is fantastic, and I love it. The number one wall of shame for me is the 2023 New York Mets, who have the record payroll in MLB history and are currently in last place in their division. The only positive news, I guess, right now from the Mets I heard is that they're retiring Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry's numbers. That is good news. That is good news. They deserved it. They deserve it. They deserved it. Maybe they could see what they're up to next season, bring them back. Um, I'm sure all the Mets fans that are listening, which we probably are none, because... uh, Maybe one or two. Maybe one or two. I have a a couple of people back in Jersey who are Mets fans. Oh, okay. I'm sorry for them. Are you? That's what I thought. Uh, Well, for my number one, this is a team I absolutely do not feel sorry for at all. And uh, I have, man, only the Red Sox in terms of like my teams that I don't like, they're they're pretty close. Yeah. Very dangerously close for a multitude of reasons. Only the Dodgers have a bigger beef, I think, in my opinion, about this team than the Yankees do. I would agree. Uh, because of the year that they did this. The 2017 Houston Astros Mm -hmm. has to be number one on my list by far. Did you hear that trash can? (laughs) (laughs) That was a table. Well, yeah, but I don't have a trash can. Trash can's right there. That was the recycling. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, move on. Gosh, I'm trying to make a joke, and you're ruining it. And just like the, the Astros ruined and before before the whole scandal even came out, I mean, like, I was like, okay, they're being up on the Yankees, but you know, I it was kind of a feel good story back in 2017 because of Hurricane Harvey mm-hmm. and how the city of Houston was kind of just devastated yep. mm-hmm. by that hurricane. It's like you know, the Houston, Houston Astros were a feel good story in a way. Yep. And then the news starts to leak out. Yep. Uh, who was it? The the first person that talked about uh, it? Mike um, Fires. Mike Fires. Yeah. Talking about how, you know, there would be someone watching it on TV or they had cameras set up and whenever there was a certain pitch that was about to be thrown, they'd bang that trash can yeah. to signal when a ball was coming. And when you look at the video and how it syncs up, it's pretty obvious they know what's going on. It's a very sophisticated yeah. operation. Um, and it's not like there has never been cheating, quote-unquote, in the history of baseball, which is probably an interesting topic for another podcast, too. It's like, what's ethical cheating? Yeah. What's unethical? Because there's some things you can get away with, and it's okay, like stealing signs yeah. and mm-hmm. things like that. But it seems like Houston definitely crossed that line. Oh, yeah. Not, um, you know what the worst part about this was? Is that this news came out right as the pandemic hit. Yep. And so there were no fans 
and there was a shortened season and they couldn't get scrutinized for it and get booed and yelled at by all the fans and everything. They got off scot-free. Yep, and none of them... And another thing that bothered me, too, is none of them were at the least repent for it. They doubled down. Yeah. Dallas Keuchel came came out and said that he he felt bad, that he should have spoke up. That was one guy that I know yeah. was adamant, was actually like, I felt bad for yeah. uh, in that sense. But Correa was, like, was very, yeah. and Altuve. I'm they, like, they were jerks about it. Yeah. They, like, they didn't apologize. They weren't like, oh, you know, we shouldn't have done this kind of thing. Uh, and the, the long-term repercussions for the teams involved have been pretty long lasting yeah. because Beltron was about to be hired by the Mets. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, yeah, this is probably not the right way to go. Correct. Uh, you know, you had a uh, Cora with the Red Sox, yep. even though he's back, back now, which he's, is weird. That was a weird thing when he got suspended and they're like, was, Oh yeah, no, it was more like a slap on the hand. Yeah. Um, you know, the Dodgers didn't get their world series in 2017. Yeah. Um, they Which did was a, a great World Series, by the way. That was oh yeah, Game Five was incredible. Incredible, yeah, yeah. And now we know that they cheated. Yeah, so it makes it less incredible. Yeah, even Gosh. though it was still a very entertaining yes. game. Yeah, uh, they did win in 2020, but does the COVID year really count? I guess it it counts to the point. It where... It counts to where they're champions of the league yeah. in 2020. Yeah, but... because I count Freddie Freeman's MVP because I love Freddie, but you know it's it's still hard. It, yeah. it's, there's you know it's the 2020 season and. In terms of my team, like they, the Yankees had played in three ALCSs against this team, and the closest they came was in 2017. And I'm just wondering what would have happened if the Yankees took that Game Seven in Houston yeah. and went to the World Series that year, because Joe Girardi probably would have kept his job. Mm-hmm. That they probably would have still tried to v- develop that core that they were starting to build the baby boomers at the time mm-hmm. with, you know, Judge coming into his own and Gary Sanchez was there mm-hmm. and Glaber and yeah. all these other guys playing well. Um, and even though the other two, you know, you could say the Astros had their number. I wonder if things would have been different if the Yankees came out on top the first time around. And that's what bugs me the most because yeah. long-term I think it's affected my team greatly. Yeah. And that's why I definitely cannot stand watching Houston play games anymore. So when Altuve hit the home run off Chapman to send them to, uh, was that the ALCS, right? That was in 2019, yeah, game yeah. six. Do you think he was wearing a buzzer? Maybe. Or a piece, as he said? Possibly. I think he was. It's po- I, it's possible. I wouldn't put anything past them. I, I know def- I know for certain 2017 happened, but 20, they could have been doing everything in 2019 I know also. that I know that the, uh, the pitch wasn't a fantastic pitch by Chapman, nope. but... To have Altuve I, come around on that pitch like like that was very odd, and it was such a deflating home run because in, in the top inning, DJ hit a home run to tie it. Yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, let's go, let's take this to Game Seven. Then he throws that pitch to Altuve. Araldis is just standing there smiling, and Altuve is trying to cover his yeah. jersey up. Yeah, Ugh. but yeah, definitely deserved yeah. in my opinion. Yes, I would agree. Um, uh. That was the one uh, thing we had in similarity. That was going to be my number one as well. Yes. Uh, I fully agree that the 2017 Astros deserve to be on the number one spot on the wall of shame uh, in all of all time, in my yeah. opinion. Um, but I, that was a good list. It was a good list. Did you have a couple oh, that's of right. honorable that's mentions? That's right. I did have honorable mentions. Um, so... <laughs> I had the entire or- Oakland Athletic Organization. <laughs> um, I had the Los Angeles Angels since 2010, 
because they've been a joke and there's been more things coming out with the Otani injury that they are not handling anything well in that clubhouse. They probably would have been my sixth. Like, did you hear the story that C.J. Wilson came out with during on Twitter? Was it about his rehab? So it might have been during his rehab, but they said that they were not going to... Because you know Pujols uh, struggled with plantar fasciitis and his foot injuries and yes. knee injuries. Um, they were like, yeah, we're not going to buy a $70,000 uh, anti-gravity thing to help him work out. We're going to rent it instead. <laughs> what? The, you're paying this guy 200 something million dollars over... 10 years and you're not going to spend $70,000 to help him get back to what full capability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope Otani leaves now. I hope he leaves and gets better respect. And I hope Trout leaves too. I mean, they need to completely rebuild and sell. Yeah. Um, another honorable mention was uh, the Black Sox of 1919. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone doesn't know, you know, they, they threw the game through, through the world series in 1919. Go watch Amen out. Great yeah. movie. Um, and then also someone that you everyone might not know uh is Rusny Castillo. Uh he was a top prospect for the Red Sox and he signed a very large deal. I think it was 7 years, 80 something million or something 90 something million and he played I think in 20 30 games total and did not pan out whatsoever. He was awful and he's been in the minors and just been earning the cash just in AAA. It's just a joke. So that was those are some of my honorable mentions. Yeah, um, I had a few, but uh, for time's sake, I'll just limit it to one. Uh, and it was another stadium-related one, and it, both of you and I agree is a pretty bad stadium, and that's Tropicana Field in Tampa. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have, have you been? Yes. Oh, yeah, so we've both been. Yes. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I was there when my family went on vacation to Florida one year. I was just like, hey, we're in Tampa. Do you mind if we go watch a game? <laughs> and you regretted it. <laughs> yeah, m- my mom and my sister probably regretted it too. It's just like baseball in a dome stadium is really weird yeah it's the aesthetic is weird from the sounds to the smell the smell is what got me it's the plastic it's the plastic yes it smells like plastic it's weird (laughs) yeah and it's it's a depressing gray like place yeah i where they had the entire upper deck tarped off i think miami does it right where they have retractable roof yeah. Uh, with it, even though they never have the roof open, which is a joke. Like yeah. Miami's gorgeous. Like let it let the roof open. But I think uh, Tampa needs to have a retractable roof type of stadium or or something where it's open and you can feel the outside of it. Every stadium is a retractable roof. Retractable roof, yes. Going going back to my last, I think that was my last hot take. Yes, I it had. was. Speaking of, okay, so that was everyone. We're done. The wall of shame. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any comments, questions. Uh, hot takes or, you know, do you have your top five wall of shame? Let us know. Yeah. Let us know what we might have forgotten or omitted. Yeah. Um, I'll keep it short and tight for those of you who kept uh, listening to us for the last hour and six minutes. Oh, man. We have an hour and six minutes? Mm-hmm. Almost on the top five hall of shame. The top five. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just going to go back to Otani and poor Otani. I yeah. feel so bad for mm-hmm. him. He's such a tremendous talent. Uh, I mean, even he, he could still play. He can't pitch, obviously, really. Um, but, I mean, even as a hitter, he might still be able to be one of the best hitters in baseball, even if he can't pitch. So I feel like he could still go somewhere, even if it's not he's not this big-time, you know, greatest thing ever contract that mm-hmm. he would get. Um, so I was thinking of teams that he would be able to go to, and I heard people talking about the Mets. I'm like, why would he – 
Don't go to the Mets, no, please. No. And I don't think he'll go there. I don't think the Mets are going to I think he's going to stay out west. Um, and the place I was thinking of is a team that's a contender, but they still need that. I th- still think they need that one piece to kind of get them over the edge. Um, Ichiro played there. You know, so there's still, like, that presence. And people love Ichiro, and he loved Ichiro. He's, like, his idol. And I think he would complement uh, the team well, especially in that outfield with Julio Rodriguez. So I think he should, and I think he will go to Seattle. You think he will? Yes. Oh. So I I put it on my list of some teams that he would consider as Seattle, but I think the Ichiro thing is actually a, like, factor of not going. There. Why? Because Ichiro is, like, the the god in Japan, and I think he's like, he, he, like in Japan, there's a lot of respect for people and players. So I think that Otani wouldn't want to step on Ichiro's turf. And I don't know if he'd feel that way. Well, I mean, that's just what I've heard. Like, I think that he would probably be like, I don't want to go and follow in Ichiro's footsteps, you know? But it's not of, like he's going out there wearing 51 and like no, trying no, no, to no. hit 200 hits a season. No. I just think that there might be like that was his thing. I don't want to come in and overtake it, you know, and overstep him type of thing. That's my opinion. Okay. So that's why I think it might be more of a hot take for you because yes. I hope he goes to a good team. Where do you I, think he'll go? I think the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers. He'll stay in California. Yeah, because they don't have a – I mean, J.D. Martinez is their DH right now. Would you rather have J.D. Martinez J.D. Martinez or Shohei Otani for DH next year? Like, Shohei. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then after that, he's going to be pitching. And then he's out in the West Coast. He doesn't have to change any paperwork, really, other than just his – like, he's still in Los Angeles. So it's the same. He's, and he's probably going to get paid a ton of money. Good organization, good prospects. A great teammate too, like Freddie Mookie. Great guys, a good clubhouse. But I would hate it. I would hate it so bad. The only team that I think that I wouldn't be upset about, that's like a big market team, or like a top contender possibly, probably would be the Cardinals. But I don't think they're going to do it. But no. I, but you think the Cardinals would probably be in a rebuilding phase at this point? No, they still have Paul and. Arenado. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. Ariendo. Ariendo, sorry. <laughs> um, so I think the Giants, Dodgers, Angels, Yankees, Mariners possibly, but I think those four are like top contenders. I don't see anyone in, anyone else really. Possibly the Cubs. Possibly the Cubs. I could see that happening. Um but I don't see anyone else really. I want the Phillies to get him so bad. I would. I would Every, everybody wants. I him. would. Well, yeah, obviously everyone wants. Spe- him. Speaking of bad hot takes, I don't know if you remember. Uh, you heard Mike and the Mad Dog. I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Mad Dog. Well, yeah. Mad Dog. The, like it, growing up, there was a radio show called Mike and the Mad Dog, yeah. and that's where they originated. Yeah, they had probably one of the worst hot takes I've ever heard from like five or six years ago, where they were talking about it was a good thing that the Yankees didn't sign or go after Otani. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean... And I, li- I, I like those guys, to, but to, they were wrong. To be fair, at the beginning of Otani's thing, it did look like, oh, this isn't going to pan out. Like the first two years, because he was injured and yeah. just struggling, wasn't exactly. And then all of a sudden, boom. 
He's the best player in baseball, and he's so much fun. I think it's so great that everyone loves him, and there no one's everyone feels bad for him and everything. He's not like a jerk. He treats everyone with respect, and ah, it's so great. But yeah, I would agree that it's a hot take if he ends up in Seattle. So that's a good one. I'll put a I'll put that up on Instagram. See if uh, so. Uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Sorry that we went so long, um, but I hope you enjoyed the podcast, the Wall of Shame. Uh, I'll see if I can put out uh, something on Instagram with our wall of shame list and uh, whether or not you guys agree with it, let us know. Um, but I know I had fun talking about it and I'm glad that the Mets are my Mets are struggling. And That's I great. had a lot of fun too. And uh, if you guys listened this whole time, thank you so much. You know, yeah. you, you guys really helped this podcast a great deal. Yeah. So please provide feedback and comments or likes or yeah. however you want to. Yeah. So, uh, Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Later.